All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. Jeremy here, hanging out with Matt. Week 7 recap, mwwire.com is our website, Matt. You can find everything. Twitter, MWC Wire. Also, I appreciate, Matt, your um, tweet about uh, San Diego State punters showing up shirtless from the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no. so, you, so you know what that was a reference to, right? Sort of. Tell everybody, because I know how part of it partially, but give everybody the actual context so I don't screw it up. Yeah, so basically what it, what it was was a reference to the episode Bart versus Australia. Oh, okay, yes. I'm very familiar. One of the good ones. So so the screen capture that I, that I put out there regarding Matt Ariza was just, you know, it was the, that was the dude who, um, who was the, with, with the, the giant boot. The boot kicker. Bend yeah. over and I'll kick you, yeah, kick who, you the who ass because you was going to, Australia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was, that was what that was a reference to. Hey, that, he doesn't need that type of boot. He can kick that regardless. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. And if we're going to jump right into week seven, we might as well start by talking about that uh, that game on Friday night. Do we have to? Yes, we do. If only, so, contra- if, only so, if only so we can praise Matt Ariza a little bit more. Okay. So what did it, it, it was six to six in regulation. Yeah. 19 to, thir- 19 to 13 San Diego State to give Matt Ariza the proper ado. Does he, does he, has, he, has he clinched the Ray Guy Award yet? Is that okay to say? I mean, he's got to be the front runner, right? He has to be. I saw at least – I didn't look at all the midseason All-Americans. I put the tweet out there because ESPN made him a midseason All-American for blowing past whoever the Texas A&M punter had the record by mm-hmm. what? Yeah, three, Braden, Braden three, Mann, right? Something like that. Three to four yards. Was it net putting average or something like that? Like a, Whatever the record was, he's like three to four yards beyond that. Yeah, right actually, Right now, actually, San Diego State is actually number two nationally in terms of net punting. You know, the only team that's ahead of them is Rutgers. <laughs> uh, but even then, you know, 46.2 cool. net yards per punt. And, um, you know, the fact that he averaged, again, over 50 yards per punt in this game, you know, 52.9, you know, five of seven punts within the 20-yard line. Four an 86-yarder. Yeah. An 86-yarder. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, and of course, you know, the fact that we're talking so much about a punter kind of tells and you, kind of tells you, uh, yeah. And, and he also had two field, including one from 53 yards. Missed um, one though, unfortunately. Yeah. Missed a 55 yarder. So that not like that one was yeah. a gimme or anything like that, but yeah, that, that sort of tells you <laughs> a lot about how the game yeah. actually unfolded. <laughs> it was tough to watch. Punt, yeah. Fumble. Punt, 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 punt. Hey, you got a field goal. I like, I caught up on this game. Like, I watched a good chunk of it. Like, I was out and about. My like, guys, like, oh, I'll catch the second half. I saw it was close. I'm like, is it really six to three at halftime? I'm like, what is San Jose State up to? Like, is there, because their defense has been good, but they've been, defense has been pretty good, not great. We discussed like Kate Hall and other guys not, and Fajoko not being like these amazing players like last year. Like, Kyle Harmon's doing reasonably good, but like, nothing amazing. And then I'm looking through, I'm watching, like, what's Greg Bell doing? Like, is he hurt? Average two yards to carry? Like, they could not run the ball to save their life. And San Diego State couldn't, obviously couldn't do it. Spartans were stopping them. I'm like, how? But we shouldn't be surprised, Matt, because for long-time listeners of the show, for the past two, including this game, last year, Spartans obviously won. Years before, for some reason, San Jose State has had the Aztecs number to make it a much closer than expected game. Yeah. And it, and it's this year, when the Spartans take a step back, whatever, but it shouldn't be too much. The slow scoring overall, that's the kind of surprise, six to six in regulation. But overall, the Spartans have been able to have the Aztecs numbers. Like, it's not going to be an easy victory if you even get one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it was sort of strange because it, it wasn't like it was like, all defense all the time like you know the, the spartans had a couple of nice drives like both of their field oh, yeah. drives were like you know eight plays 60 yards 11 plays 66 yards and then they had the one at the end of regulation which we'll talk about more uh, in a little bit you know 11 plays 61 yards you know so they were they had a few opportunities where they took off a huge chunk of time off the drive and this was also true of the aztecs too you know they had a couple of mm-hmm. nice long drives and, you know, you look at what they were able to actually accomplish. And you know, we sort of talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, I forget exactly which one. Um, as far as like big plays in this game, you know, yeah. San Diego State had six kind of what you would qualify as big plays that went for 107 yards altogether. Um, but part of the problem was that San Jose State had nearly twice as many. They had 11 big plays that accounted for 233 yards. 
So again, it wasn't like the Spartans had no success moving the football. It's just that, you know, when the, when the chips were down for both teams, like on, on third downs, especially, you know, neither team was able to find much of a edge on the other, um, you know, San Diego State was five of 16, San Jose State was five of 18. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like they had, even in sh- short yarder situations, like neither team was really able to, you know, get a, get a, a leg up one way or the other. Like San Jose, uh, San Jose State was only one of six on third down conversions of four or fewer yards. The Aztecs were only two of four. So like, you know, both sides had some success. It wasn't like, you know, their success rate overall was in the toilet, um, at least as far as running the football. But in terms yeah. of like when the defense needed to make a stop, and I think it sort of bears itself out in terms of, you know, overall offensive success rate. You know, San Diego State was 27% by that measure. San Jose State mm. was 30%. And so you look at that, or if you want to look at like, you know, the EPA over the course of, you know, the entire game, the Aztecs, the only team in the conference that had a worse day in terms of EPA was, uh, was New Mexico, which we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> that, that, so that tells, that tells you something kind of about how the way things were. And a lot of that, I think, had to do with the fact that like Jordan Brookshire just looked really rough got for, the, for the second, for the second straight week. Hey. I've been calling for Lucas Johnson for a while. Am I going to get credit now for saying he should be the quarterback? Maybe. Anybody? And, maybe. Because, and I, here's, the, here's the thing. Like, I, I wonder, like, if maybe he came back a little too soon from the injury that he had. That knocked him out for a couple of weeks because it looked like he was making progress on a game-to-game basis before he got hurt. Yeah, but in the past it, two. But in, yeah, the, no. but in the past two weeks, he just, you know, he's been under 50% uh, as far as, you know, completion percentage like the the one upside is like he still hasn't made any mistakes which i think has sort of been a credit to the entire offense like even if it gets bogged down the aztecs don't make mistakes and so that was one of those things that i think you really paid dividends in this game where you know even if they weren't able to string together a lot of drives they weren't really necessarily making things easier for the spartans either and vice versa um no but like when he he you can say he's not making mistakes, but he's under fifty percent. There's a lot of missed passes and stuff. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he looked. I'm not saying he looked good. I'm just saying like he I didn't know. make. The, he didn't make the killer mistake that. Okay. That you know has sometimes kind of betrayed the Aztecs' offense in the past. And we, yeah, because without Greg Bell or any running semblance of running game that puts a spotlight. Okay, Greg Bell's not running well. Jordan Bird only gets three carries, and then okay, what do you got, Brookshire? Holy crap! But then you see Lucas Johnson come in. Two quick two touchdowns to um, their best receiver out there, and um, what's Jesse Matthews? Jesse Matthews, yeah, yeah. It's like, where is he early in the game? Get him the ball. It's like, I, to me, I always felt Lucas Johnson should be the guy because I know Brookshire ran a little bit at twenty five yards, but like Lucas Johnson got those sacks and everything, and he played what overtime in a little bit of the fourth quarter, I think it was, not a ton because mm-hmm. it's two or three, but two touchdown passes, easily passing better than Brookshire did, like. He had a 25% of his passing same amount of passing yards on two completions. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think I was over-exaggerating that Nevada game last year of how good Lucas Johnson could be. I think he needs to be a guy going forward. And you're not wrong, Brookshire is improving. He came back soon. But if the if Brady Hoke says the race is as close as it was during fall camp, why even rush Brookshire back? That's kind of my bad coaching decision on his part. It's like, dude, you have a guy out there who's capable and maybe a little bit more dimensional will – help your running game even more if you use them properly, like you did for Nevada. Like why rush a guy who was almost a dead heat? It makes no sense, made no sense to bring him back where he played so poorly. But now I don't see how they don't go to Johnson. Like for him leading the back in overtime, two touchdown passes, it's, it has to be going forward. So, okay. So here's the only counter argument I can make. And this is, this is another thing that I think is true of both teams in this game. Is this Brady Hook's agent talking to me now? No, what's going on here? <laughs> no, this is this is that both both defenses played an exceptional game. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it, and it wasn't like the the neither side put up a, an overwhelming amount of havoc. You know, um, you know, San Jose State had three sacks, which I think played a a, a factor, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and they had seven TFLs, which you know that I think against a, a run heavy offense like the Aztecs is a major win. More yeah. importantly, you know, they had three pass breakups. They had six quarterback hurries too. So, so even when, you know, even in those situations where, you know, for every big play that the Aztecs were able to generate through the air, you know, Brookshire was under fire a lot in this game too, you know, more so than his counterpart, McNash, who, 
you know, for, for their part, you know, the Aztecs defended a lot of different passes. So even though they He's only have deep, those deep passes make them on. Yeah. So, you know, even though they only ended up with two sacks on the day and, and, and five TFLs, including three from um, Michael Shawcroft, who, you know, over the last few weeks has really come on really strong. Yeah. But you know, it was really the the veterans in that secondary that stepped up and, and kept the Aztecs in the game and kept the Spartans from stringing together long drives, I would say. Because, you know, you look at Patrick McMorris, three pass breakups, uh, Taylor Hawkins, two pass breakups, and, and, and Trenton Thompson had three as well. So even though they weren't able to really generate the big play outside of the one interception that Thompson had, you know, they, they, they did more than enough to, to keep the Spartans offense at arm's length or to keep them from getting going. And then I think, you know, the other yeah. big difference in this game, San Jose state in a lot of respects, just couldn't get out of their own way with all the penalties, especially. Yeah. And that final drive people are complaining about too. Yeah. Tw- 12 penalties, 101 yards. No boy. No, no, it's not. Aztecs are much better. 88 for 70 or yeah. Eight for 79. Mm-hmm. So Give credit, they're undefeated Aztecs. They win this game and somehow they show up in overtime. But and again, Lucas Johnson factor because they like looking at their drives overall, not to heart back on what Brookshire it wasn't just 10 because the running game didn't play well. Spartan defense did good, but like they fumbled on the first drive, whatever. But after that, they're going three plays, five plays, six plays. They weren't mounting any lengthy drives. They had the one field goal in the first half, like the double digit drive, but out of the whole game. They had two drives of over 10 plays. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like Brookshire can't do anything, but the running game was not, not there. Um, Spartans, all the stuff you went over, all the sacks, the TFLs, the run heavy team is pretty crazy. Um, this is a – and you're, you're an undefeated team, and they proved to win it. They moved, moved up in the polls partially because they won, partially because teams lost. But if they play like this against literally any other team in the conference, like if they play like this against UNLV, they may not beat the Rebels. I mean, I don't know if I would go that far. I'm just saying that. But but here but here's the thing though. Um, Not far off though. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Like San Jose State had a chance to wrap this up at the end of regulation too. They sure did. Can we talk about that for a minute? What's your thoughts on that? Yes, go for it. I'm just thinking. You know, I see that. You know, they were. It was a. It was third and ten with about a minute to go. I think it was a minute seven. They have two timeouts. They're at their own 42 yard line. And and they completed they completed big they completed big nineteen yard pass to Derek Deese who you know we didn't even talk about him you know he had over hundred hundred plus yards game. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so the, so they're at the San Diego State thirty nine yard line with a minute seven to go and they call a, they call their first timeout and then they're why very, you get a first down what are you doing you get a first down why are you calling timeout there exactly There's and then that. The, and then their very first play is a one yard <laughs> run up the middle. Yeah, and, so, and then they burn their last timeout, and then their their second down play is a quarterback keeper. They were playing for overtime and hope they get enough yards for a reasonable field goal. They were playing for overtime because what you should do, you can spike the ball on first down if you want, whatever, the same timeout, but you should call a play. You should have a play ready to go. You can even have, I don't know, whatever it is, you call a play and you waste, what, four seconds? Like, they get to play off at the minute. You know what I mean? Like, they get the first down. The clock doesn't run. The clock doesn't go until everybody's lined up. You hike the, you pull, run a play. You have a, you call a play. You can even take a couple seconds at the line of scrimmage to hey, we're doing this, we're doing that. Maybe they call the play at fifty eight seconds or something. Mm-hmm. It takes seven seconds to get the playoff. That you still have a second timeout. There's still plenty of time to run, even if you want to run a fourth down play for a touchdown. But they were seemingly timeouts ridiculous. They run the ball. I'm like, at least throw it on first down, like because then you you wasting all that clock. You know what I mean? Like. Did you see how much time it took between second down and third down? It was 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And San Diego State called the timeout. <laughs> like, what were they doing? Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> but 45 seconds right off the clock. And it could have been more. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know how much more is left. I don't recall. But like, Coach Brandon, whoever, who's your clock guy? It's like, no, run a play. You're at 55 seconds. Let's just say, let's say you run the exact same play. You call a timeout with say 55 seconds. It you still have, but I don't know, it's still done. You only get a yard, but whatever. I felt that's just a waste because what if your play was good? Like you're hustling. Aztecs have their probably more of a pass team on the field at third and ten. You know what I mean? Like it's they played a three-three-five, so it's always like that, but they may have had a different personnel. 
you could still run the same play. Maybe it works well because who's on the field? But like it seemed to me they're playing for overtime and well, hoping to get a hopefully we can get a field goal that goes in that long. Because yeah, it, was, it was it was not good. And then overtime, it's like the interception. Well, then somehow they score, they do the first touch on the score, but it's like uh the interception still other than the touchdown, or not touchdown, but then the touchdown pass. You know what I mean? It's like that's it. We get a pick. Nick Nash, was it the one interception he had all game, I think it was? Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of, well, he can't do anything. So Aztec score, don't need the extra point with 19 to 13. Game over. Jesse Matthews is the hero along with Lucas Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I think this this game, maybe more so than some of the other games that the Aztecs have played recently, is sort of like, you know, I don't want to say it's like, I mean, I guess maybe it, it is sort of a red flag. Because you know things are they're they're going to play better teams over the next few weeks. Like they starting, play at Air Force, start, they play starting at Air next Force. week at Air Force. So yeah, they like I think you know the defense, the defense is is stellar. Like I don't think there's any question about that. They play fine. The offense has to figure things out at quarterback. They don't even need that. They see Greg Bell to get hundred yards. No, <laughs> essentially, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I just I have I have that lingering doubt about how how long that shtick is going to hold out for because you know they still have to, they still have to play Fresno State in Nevada too over the next few weeks. Yeah. Five and three West Division champ, somebody. <laughs> yeah, like the you know the defense is good enough to help them win just about any game. The offense is bad enough, it looks like, to 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 potentially lose a game or two that they should win otherwise. Yeah, because if Greg Bell is a bad big game, they're 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 in trouble. Yeah, which clearly was the case against a. Uh, San Jose State is probably not going to make a bowl game this year. No, it's looking a little looking a little rougher now. I kicked them out last week. They're definitely getting kicked out again. All right, let's go to your Fresno State Bulldogs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 17 to zero. Um, I like your tweet. If only Wyoming had a quarterback. Speaking of hard to watch teams. Ugh, Wyoming has a scored in what? Six quarters. Something like that. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think they just turned the ball over again. The, again, they're a service Academy plus team, but the one that shows 23 yards, like they brought in Levi Williams because Sean Chambers had three picks. Yeah. Levi, Levi Williams, one of seven, like, Jay Kander didn't even crack a hundred yards. <laughs> 15 20. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This game was brutal. I mean, I feel, I feel bad for the Wyoming defense. Yeah. The Wyoming like, defense did exactly what it needed to do to win this game. And the offense, so and this, this is, this is exactly what we just talked about with San Diego State a minute ago. Wyoming's yeah. defense is good enough to keep them in just about any game. Which yeah. just was 17 points. Yeah the offense seems to be actively regressing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, with the guy under center. Like, I know I made the case last week, like against air force. I didn't think that Sean Chambers was as bad as the stat line suggested. I tried to convince you. You didn't listen to me. No, no I'm, I'm just saying, you know, based on what I saw, like there were not a lot of throws that he missed by much last week, but I'm not going to say that again this week. Like he was just, he was just bad in this game. Eight of 23, three, three interceptions, only 111 yards. I mean, you, you can give him credit for like coming up with a couple of chunk plays. You know, he had a couple of nice 32 yard throws to, to Aiden yeah. Everhart and Trayton Welch. No, but don't give him credit. But that's the only, I mean, but that's not nearly enough compared to what we were seeing in the early parts of the season in non conference play, where it looked like even if it wasn't all the way perfect, that they were still fit, that they were figuring things out and learning how to be more efficient. But, you know, between the turnovers, and, and that doesn't even count. Like, he, he also lost a fumble in this game, too. Um, but, you know, you look at the fact that he was also leading the team in rushing, which, you know, given the fact that Xavier Valade and Titus Swen still exists is probably not a good sign. Yeah, I not 16 carries between the two. Like, how does that happen? Like, all 17 points came off turnovers for Wyoming. Yeah, Like, Fresno State could have made this worse. They had a fourth and one turnover on downs. 
Um, at the end of the game, that one doesn't count. They just kind of run the clock out. It's like, why yeah, can't yeah. go on field goal? Let's just run it, whatever. But like, they could have had it, could have been much worse. Like, Fresno's offense wasn't good, but it could have been maybe been 24 nothing, 20 nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been a little bit worse, but mm-hmm. the defense for Wyoming made it look good. But like, it five, four, not five, sorry, four. Well, yeah, was it five turnovers to fumble? Yeah, five minus five in this game. Yeah. Like, there's no team is going to, and they only gave up 17 points. This game was not out of reach. No, like, like little case in point, you know, I always like to look at, you know, average yards per play. Do you realize Wyoming actually outgained Fresno State on a per play basis in this game? Oh, boy. 4.3 4. Yeah. to 3.6. I, I, I looked well, not, it up. It was the it's the first time I believe since 2008 that Fresno State has won a game in which they averaged so few yards per. I, I was searching on sports reference by, yeah. you know, fewer than four yards per play. And it was yeah. the first time since 2008 that, that they did that. Fresno State's lucky to win, right? I mean, I don't know if they're – I mean, I don't want to say that they were lucky. Defense, I mean, mean like, well, not lucky, but, like, if you look at the numbers, like, whatever, offense, like – I mean, the, yeah, because, uh, you know, the, the Wyoming's defense did its job. Fresno State's defense also did its job. and but they I think overachieved. You know, the, the, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say that they overachieved. They just – they were more opportunistic than Wyoming was. You, know, you get five turnovers, you overachieve. Yeah, but but even more than that, you know, they they had the three sacks, which I mentioned a minute ago, and you know they did just as much to bottle up Swen and Valade in the backfield with seven oh, yeah. tackles for loss as a team too. So you know that was one thing that both sides had in common. Like Wyoming actually had eight TFL, so it wasn't like you know anybody was getting loose. You know, Ronnie Rivers only had what seventy three yards not in this game, and Jordan running well. Yeah, and Jordan Mims had 78 yards. Most of those came on a couple of big plays. Yeah. It, so it was sort of Fine. it was sort of one thing I talked about. One thing we talked about in the previous as far as you know, Fresno State's running game still hasn't really shown all the way up this year. And against the Cowboys, I'm still not totally convinced that it ever really did. And and Hainer didn't make a lot of obvious mistakes. Like, you know, they they frustrated him. You know, they they batted away a lot of passes, but you know, Wyoming did its job. It's just that Fresno State was just a little bit better on that side of the ball, too. So I filled up my power pool. I think I should put Wyoming like eighth or something, and I did not. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still put them fifth. I don't know why. That's a mistake on my part. But they, the, like, this is supposed to be offense where here's what I give them credit for. They want to throw the ball. They threw the ball 30 times, much more than we thought they'd ever throw it. You know, but they don't have a guy who can complete a dang pass. And I don't – like, Fresno State's defense, this is clearly their best game by far this year. Shutout, plus five turnover margins, holding one of the best running backs in the conference to under four yards of carry. And mm-hmm. But Wyoming, it's like, why were you – yeah, Titus Swin did – like, whatever, the running game wasn't elite, what it was, but, like, why is – I know Chambers is running for his life a little bit here and there. Like, they all, they're going to give him some runs because that's what he can do as well, but 12 carries. But it's a seven – like, it was only 14 to zero in the third quarter. Like, why are you going away from the running game at 7-0 at halftime? Why are you not running the ball or at least trying to run when you know you don't have a passing game? There, there wasn't enough rush attempts to say, hey, we tried. They just gave up and said, we're going to pass for some reason, despite us having multiple interceptions. Yeah, I don't know. What, they, <laughs> what else? I, I'm just saying, like, think of the logic there. Like, they weren't down. It's not like they're down 17-0 in the first quarter. And like, crap, we got to play catch up a bit. But even then, it's only 17 points. You know what I mean? The this we were wrong to put Wyoming high as they were undefeated when they beat NIU, Montana State, Ball State, and they squeaked by UConn and FCS teams. Like they're I mean, you like, say that you say that, but they ran 12 running plays in the third quarter against just four passes. The, yeah, problem, the, was, ball, the, prob- the problem was that those 12 running plays only went for 44 yards. I know. Yeah, maybe that's, I get it. They did try that, but overall, but here's the thing. overall, Valade had nine carries. He's the guy who last year averaged 20 plus carries a game. They don't need to be spreading the carries out. Sean Chambers doesn't need that many carries. They need to get the ball to the to Swin and but mostly Valaday. They ran, they did run that many plays in the what, third quarter, you said 12 to 4. But why are they not giving it to the actual correct running back? Do they not know who they have over there? Are they not familiar with Xavier Valaday? What he could do? Yeah, I don't know what to That's, tell you, man. I know. I'm just trying to figure things out. Like, why is Isaiah Nayer getting getting run here? Come on, what's the deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it also doesn't help that Fresno State had five TFLs in that third quarter too. 
Yeah, I know. I, they they did their job. I get it, but like your main guy has nine carries. Why do they wait till the third quarter to decide? Let's run the ball. Let's see what we got. Because if they because what it seems like they are a pass first team instead of run first, which they should be run first to set the pass. Like nobody's gonna nobody respects a well mean pass offense. Nobody. See, they, but but I, I mean, you say that, but the only time that they really leaned heavily on the pass was in the second quarter. And that was when Chambers was, uh, you know, he was seven of 15 by that point. And, you know, in that, in that second quarter, four of 11 for 64 yards. So that was where he had, you know, a couple of chunk plays through the air, but it just didn't really amount to much because they weren't able to even get into, in, into the red zone. I don't know. I just, I just run the ball early. I don't care. Seven to 15 isn't good. You try to make that sound like it's a good thing for them. That's not good. No, I'm not saying that it's good. I'm just saying, like, you know, they were they try too much. They're they, forcing it. They just weren't able to get anything going anywhere, which is probably a credit to the first nasty defense. So I'm asking one last question about Wyoming. Um they're not gonna win the mountain division. <laughs> no, no, I mean they got two conference losses. I think at this point, anybody that's got two conference losses is probably out. Call Colorado State does not, and we'll get to them in a second. They're two and oh still. Um, like they play New Mexico next week. Is that going to be a win real quick before we get to our previews later on in the week? I mean, we're going to talk about the Lobos in a minute. I know that Wyoming's, I know that Wyoming is a big favorite in that game. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a dicey proposition. If you're asking me. That's, I don't know. We'll see. All right. So let's, should we get that game? Colorado state, New Mexico. Yeah, let's do it. 36 to seven. Um, do you think can I just throw a blanket statement say freshmen are stupid? I remember when I was a freshman, so uh, I will allow it. Were you that were you as stupid as CJ Montez? Uh, <laughs> Mont- I mean, <laughs> pr- probably in my own way, yes. <laughs> Schematically, we should run through these guys. I think we should blow these guys out. Fam- as I tweeted, famous last words, our buddy Josh, CSU guy. It's like, hey, look at this. And we all had a good chuckle. Like, what does he see? Like, what are you talking about? This Rams team has been improved. Their defense is good. You can't say that and go out and lay an egg and lose that that bad and play that poorly. Mm -hmm. You cannot. (laughs) Like, the Rams, the good thing about the Rams this game, offense, sure, I don't care who it was against, offense played better. Todd Santeo had almost 300 yards. Really good game. You have David Bailey running the ball, two touchdowns, played fine not great but even with that if Dante Wright came back he didn't do much so that's good he's back just one catch but it's a trade McBride show all night passing the ball down the field but go back to CJ 3 of 19 11 yards buddy what are you doing <laughs> yeah I, I went two interceptions I, out of morbid curiosity two. I went and I looked up I was like how many quarterbacks have actually had games like this in recent memory um non-service so, academy quarterbacks or does Sean Chambers count already to you <laughs> no no so I, I did a search for you know um pass attempts greater than or equal to 19 and pass completions <laughs> um less than or equal to three and there were exactly four games from 2000 to 2021 where a quarterback had uh three completions or fewer with 19 or more pass attempts the last time it happened was five years ago in a, in a Tulane loss uh, against Tulsa. It's happened okay. four times total. Um, the, and you would not even recognize any of the names. Um, there's uh, uh, Gwen Quillette, uh, the Tulane quarterback, uh, Clayton Moore um, from <laughs> Akron Zips fame. Okay. And Pat Jewel Mist. From 2004, South Florida. I don't even know what conference South Florida thing in back in 2004. Um, the Big East? <laughs> no idea, but it goes a conference long way towards saying, um, yeah, maybe let your play speak for you. <laughs> he he averaged, okay, <laughs> one and a half feet, per, just over one and a half feet per completion. No, per no, no. Here, here's the thing. Here's throw, the thing. Sorry. He, had a, he had a negative passer rating. His QBR is 1.0. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like that's the only time that's ever happened. Like if you go and, and yeah. run a search on the play index, like you'll find that there's been like, it's happened quite a bit. Um, yeah. e- even among quarterbacks with like a handful of carries, um, maybe coincidentally or not, one of the other quarterbacks in recent memory who did that was uh, Sharon Jones. 
<laughs> the Mexico guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, go, it just sort of goes. I mean, it goes a long way to saying like you know, Colorado State's defense ate this dude alive. Six sacks, eight tackles for loss, two ints. Cameron Carter and Scott Patchen crushed him. Four sacks between the two. Patchen, is, you know, Patchen especially is you know he's he's burnishing his defensive player of the year candidacy at this point. I'd say. Hey, you mentioned Joy Noble. <laughs> that's that's true. You know he had another mm. really good game. Eight tackles, yeah. one sack, one and a half tackles for loss. Like yeah. he, he he still gets after it, and it's not like you know. There was a moment in time where New Mexico did show signs of life, and it was, you know, part part of their youth movement. Luke Wysong, who we've, we've talked about in, in previews and recaps in weeks past, you know, he had a, yeah. a nice punt return touchdown, uh, sixty three yards. So Aaron Dumas ran the ball okay. Yeah, yeah Aaron Dumas. Yeah, given the circumstances, considering he was getting no help whatsoever from the passing game, yeah, they have young guys. There's some future that's there clearly. Yeah. So it's it was. I mean. Obviously, the passing game was ugly without Terry Wilson. But, you know, you definitely feel bad for the defense because, you know, given the circumstances, you could make a case maybe it could have been a lot worse. CJ screwed the defense over by saying what he said. Yeah, because even, because even the, you know, the Lobos had four sacks and they had eight TFLs themselves. So, like you said, you know, they, you know the Rams weren't necessarily able to get the running game all the way going. Like you mentioned Bailey, you know, averaging yeah. under, th- you know, under three yards per carry. Um, yeah. Jalen Thomas was averaging under four yards carry. So, like between the two of them plus Centeno on the ground, yeah, they they had a what was it like a hundred some odd yards between them, 110, 120. About, yeah, but it was under four yards carry. And I would say under normal yeah. circumstances, and that's not a sack adjusted, but you know, even with the, an adjustment yeah. for sacks, like generally speaking, that's a pretty good performance. Like you know, sack adjusted they ended up being three point seven. For the Rams on the ground, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, and it just sort of makes you feel bad because you know as bad as the final score was, thirty six to seven, it also could have been a lot worse because how many field goals did the Rams settle for? <laughs> Too many. I don't have it off the top of my head, but uh, I should look in the box score. But they uh, so so see. okay. So let's find out. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, my scrolling. Is so I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll spare six it. six kicks, five maids. Yeah, so Caden Camper Just like last week. <laughs> had another really good game. But I'm, I'm going to point this out for you, for all you Rams fans out there, because this is a potential red flag. Three three different field goals from within the seven-yard line. Yeah. We talked about last week. They had two red zone kicks as well, I believe. And and I, and I want to point this out now, because I don't I, – in case I forget it for next week's preview, because you know Colorado State's got the inside track for the Mountain Division, and it's all well and good. Laugh track. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, so here's the thing. Like, they're they're still looking a lot closer to the team that I expected them to be. Like, they, they look a little more mm-hmm. balanced on offense than I thought they might be. And I think also, a lot Centeo of that... had a good game. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has yards. to do with Centeo, right? you know, having another very good game against the defense. Like, you know, New Mexico's defense isn't, like, bad, bad, but they were up against it in this game. But what I was going to say is, you know, the good news for the Rams is that they've converted 24 of 27 red zone conversions into points, right? So it's like an 88.9%, well above the national average. The problem for the Rams, which could come back to bite them at some point, is that the only team in the conference with a lower touchdown conversion rate in the red zone is New Mexico. Yeah. 11 touchdowns in 27 trips to the end zone. Once, once this, once the schedule starts getting a little bit tougher in the weeks to come is not going to cut it. Well, they have Utah State this week, which could be winnable, but we'll see. It could be. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's working out now because they're playing New Mexico Trash. and they're playing San Jose state and, and, you know, teams of that ilk. But, you know, if they want to hang around as a, as a potential dark horse in the mountain division, they're going to have to sort out their red zone issues. Yeah, because they could have scored 50 points this game almost. Yeah. Couple, yeah, they were, they, were, they were six of seven, but they only scored two touchdowns. Yeah. And we'll see what Dante Wright, he had the one catch. Maybe he's more fully healthy next week. Is it That's a Friday game, correct? Utah State, CSU? I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll look into that. Um, early, was it one point early line for what Rams, I think it was? Weren't they even a favorite each from Circa? Uh, you know, I don't have I don't have that in front of me. 
it's okay. It was super close. I remember you always get those out. Like, hey, here's the line. Here's this. Here's that. Um, uh, where to go? I want to find it real quick. Uh, maybe not. It's not a big deal. It's okay. We'll find it later. But it's a close. It's gonna be a close matchup. We're gonna. Oh, here it is. It's gonna determine a lot. Yes, yeah, CSU is a is a road favorite by one point of view testing, which is quite interesting. So yeah. We'll see. But yeah, if they go three and out, like I joke, I make the joke, but they're not gonna win the division. But Wyoming's pretty like they're probably better than Wyoming. They're probably as good or better than. Um, they beat New Mexico, Utah State. They're probably even. Like they play Boise State, who's not looking great. Like the only like Air Force are not not better than. So I, I won't say never. I make the joke, but weird things can happen. You know what I mean? Like if they start, they're they're more than maybe? good enough to hang around. Yeah, essentially with uh, I don't know about Air Force, but heck, everybody else, yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. All right, Utah State, UNLV. <sighs> what a weird game. 28th Utah State, 24 UNLV. There can be – can we say both teams blew the game and both teams had good things that happened in this game? Yes. <laughs> I'll start with my kind of generic overview. So UNLV is good enough. Well, first off, hello, Charles Williams. Marcus Arroyo figured out he had a running back. <laughs> like, thank you for giving him the ball finally and running as well as he did against Utah State. Like that huge 75-yarder that brought out the slot machine, three touchdowns. So in this game, a couple of good things I want to say. UNLV proved they could score points and do well. Um, Utah State can prove they can come from behind. So those are a couple of good things. But then again, Utah State, you don't want to give up seven yards of carry on the ground. And UNLV needs to figure out how to protect the lead. Like, you, you – I know you had a 75-yarder, but you have to give somebody else a carry because you gave Tate Martell a freaking carry. Cameron Frill, who got hurt, had a carry. Justin Rogers, who came into relief – had two carries, no other. They had one running back carry. Who else is running the ball? They can't give it to Charles Williams the whole time. They have. Where's their second running back? He was catching passes. Chad Mag- Chad Chad Magier had two catches for twenty two. yards. Come on, two. Okay, fine. Give him a handoff. Charles Williams needs a breather. Come on, like that's. A cons- that's I mean, a, I mean, when the when the chuck when the chuck when the chuck rag when it, when the chuck wagon is rolling, do you really want to take the ball out of his hands though? Um, I'd rather running back instead of Cameron Phil, Tate Martell, Justin Rogers. Yes, give him those four carries. I'd rather have running back taking those carries and even what Cameron Phil could do. So, okay, that's fair. I'll allow that. I'm just saying, yeah, <laughs> I'm just meaning you give up the three other players a carry, give it to the running back. But, but this game, it's Javon Scarver. So, did he tie or break the return record? I saw two I, different I believe, things. I believe he tied it, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I saw two different things. He had a, uh, was a, a return for touchdown, seventh on his career. It was a uh, kick return, 100 yards. Freaking hundred yards, and then he had, had his other two were fifty six combined. So he played well, but this game, like Logan Bonner, seemed to be reasonably healthy for what he did over six, about two thirds of his passes. Running game could have been better, but like the first quarter, UNLV, you're up seventeen to seven. Kick a field goal. You're stopping Utah State. Um, they get the like. There's the uh, interception and in turn for a touchdown. Like they force Utah State on downs. Like they're cruising. Like they stopped Utah State at the one yard line. You see that though, the fumble on the one yard line? That's also visible for Utah State. Yeah. <laughs> on that play where, oh crap, snap. But like they, their defense held. Like Utah State did, not that they did nothing to move the ball, but the interception touchdown. Then whatever, you force them on down. They had to go 99 yards. But guess what? You can't go three and outs at the one yard line, guys. That is an issue. That they need to move out a little bit to do something. Then that changes field position. And then Utah State had their second touchdown of the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they were able to get back in there so i'd like like UNLV played well like i know charles williams played well defense special teams not good like they got to pick off logan bonner they held calvin tyler who was at one point leading russia mountain west to just one one, all half his yards came on one place they loaded they loaded him up and stopped him like if not for devin Tompkins, utah state's losing this game oh yeah like can we make a case like we did our mid-season stuff can Devin Tompkins be like player of the year somehow? Could a wide receiver actually win that award? Is there any chance? Or yeah. is it whoever's starting the ball is going to get it? No, I mean, I think he's definitely in the conversation, especially after kind of single-handedly winning this game, 12 catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. Probably to cover him, right? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. As I believe, I'd have to check, but I think the only receiver to win player of the year was Steve Smith at Utah, but he also like returned kicks. So that's not really fair. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think. I think that's the only guy, but like he, and we mentioned that when we did our previous stuff, like Jalen Cropper, really good. We have Jay Kaner throwing him the ball. Utah State's had multiple guys throwing to him, but he is, I 
it's him and Cropper for the best receiver, right? Is it Dante Wright hurt too much? Um, but yeah, I'll get to that. That's the other topic for another day. But Utah State, okay, they get the win. Cool, right? Is that how we say it? That's how we think it's come. They come from behind, but like Rebels, that first quarter, it's like after that, they had nothing. They couldn't move the ball. They tried Utah State, made some adjustments. Because Utah State's defense isn't all that good this year. No. And it's not like and that's, that's, why, like, that's why I put the Aggies on upset alert in this game. You did, and they they probably should have been. Had you know what I mean? Like had UNLV offense moved a bit better in the second half instead of having multiple, like part of the one of the big things was the interception where it's 24-21, and then they or I think that's right. Whatever. But I'm on the stupid ESPN box score, and I know it's not correct. No, 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 I know had, what you're talking about. You're talking about Shaq Bond. Yeah, yeah Shaq and, Bond. Yeah. And that, that heads up first interception, especially. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that sort of speaks to, you know, they they took a punch early in this game from the Rebels, especially on the ground from, from Charles Williams, but they found a way to respond and and they more or less, you know, found ways to be, you know, to get their hands on footballs, which is what saved them in their win against Air Force. Like when the mm-hmm. defense is playing at their best, like they can bend, but, you know, they find ways to make plays from their big playmakers. And that was especially the case in, in, in this game with Bond, who... You know, forced to fumble, and he had the the two interceptions in this game. But it was definitely more of a team effort because you know they were able to create a lot more havoc from uh, from different angles, more so than you know. So it's which sounds uh, excuse me strange to say, considering that Williams ran for over two hundred yards, but they had like what one, two, three, four, five tackles for loss. Which, considering how many plays UNLV ran not bad given that context and not bad consider- considering that too, the rebels, you know, I would say maybe had their best overall effort of the year outside of being able to contain Tompkins. Yeah. It, like they, it, I feel like they took another step forward just in terms of like, you know, frustrating Bonner and frustrating the running game in particular well, for Utah state. The interception was put up by a freshman who got the yeah. interception. Cameron Oliver. Jacoby, yeah. Cameron Oliver, J- Jacoby Whitman, 18 tackles. Four tackles for loss. Or sorry, 16 tackles, four for loss. Austin and JK had 60. Like, I'm reading real quick. Like, if you go check out the first paragraph of the review journal, Charles Williams, who had a career high, had difficulty taking off his pads because of how exhausted he was. Jacoby Woodman attempted to offer to help, but he declined. The two sat there completely quiet, just staring, probably pissed. It says glumly, just staring down, like, at your feet. How do we lose this game when we had, had a big lead? Career highs from multiple people, young players making interceptions. We stopped their running game and they still lose despite having a 10 point first quarter lead, which they rarely have. Well, losing, get it. losing Friel late in the game didn't hurt. He yeah, didn't yeah. help either. Oh, you know, no, he, clear. He, he got, he got too, knocked yeah. out with a, with a left leg injury, I believe it was. Yes, it was. And, they, and they, I remember seeing a quote, I forget who it was from, about when you know, why not go to Tate Martell there? Well, one, <laughs> Tate Martell's working his way back from injury. And, and yeah. he's, he's still like, what, two months new to the program or something like that. So, yeah. you know, Rogers had, we, you know, he'd come in sparingly you know, a couple weeks ago against UTSA. He had a touchdown throw in that game. And last year he played most of it too. The couple games he's in, he started a couple. Yeah. And he just, he wasn't able to get the job done in this instance, you know, one of three, only four yards. And in, in that last turnover that more or less ended their comeback hopes for good. Final seven plays minus one yards when he's quarterback. Yeah, it was not like that's rough. It's also a tough spot to come into. It's not to blame Rogers, not very good or anything. It's just a difficult spot. And also, when your quarterback was not playing, play, not particularly great in this game, not that they needed to be to be close, but that doesn't help their cause either. But he's going to be fresh. Like, there are young guys on this team, like Kyle Williams is a good receiver. They have like the, all these guys, Cameron All, like I mentioned, got the interception, went 45 yards, nearly took it back to touch on, get them good field position. You have all these guys who have good games, players that are stepping up, playing better. It's like Utah State. Again, it's just Devin Tompkins was able to save the day, save the day for Utah State. Yeah. So, all right, next game, what do we got? Uh, that would be Air Force and Boise State. I'm finally right. I finally get it, Matt. I'm correct. And it only took you, it only took you how many weeks? <laughs> Well, not that couple. I'm talking about the Air Force specifically versus Boise State a couple years almost on that one. But yes, 24-17. This game, a couple things in this game that really suck. They're interesting. That well, a couple things. Mostly Boise State. Boise State 
had multiple had chances to win this game. They had they call a timeout at the goal line or whatever it was. Fourth down, Hank Bachmeyer gets crushed at the at the goal line. Do you know why he got crushed at the goal line, Matt? What doesn't help you? Well, they got they flushed him out, right? No, no, they only had ten players in the field after a timeout. Yeah, they're missing a receiver. <laughs> like they didn't have their extra guy who's your third to. Yeah. So they have that. They have the unfortunate, like this is super unlucky, just on the punt that went off the guy's elbow, and then Air Force only got a field goal out of it. But then you just did not you tested the Boise State had the freaking onside kick there, cover took a weird bounce, catches and runs. Like despite for the running game being again trash, they're having some coaching and personnel issues okay well hold on let's before you before you gloss over it i'm, I'm getting there i'm just saying no, I'm just no, saying no cyrus habibi lakio no george I know, I was in this there. game why not hey it, i guess what it didn't matter the version attack was exactly the same with or without them so i don't know what makes a difference but i was getting there but andrew van buren had an okay game like i can still say the running game is bad i don't care if it hurt or not because this is if you look at the box score the amount from last week the amount of yards per carry is about the same so it's not like it was any worse. The total yardage, yeah, could have been better. But Hank Bachmeyer did his thing, which he plays well, had the pick. But they threw he threw the ball. They had some deep plays. Like Stephen Cobb was pretty good. Shakir did fine at 75 yards. But the main thing with those personal issues, and then also Brad Roberts and his, his, his Zeke Daniels take over business. And I know Daniels only had 87 yards, but they had three backs over 60 because Micah Davis receiver had plenty of carries. And so they – it was basically the running show. Boise, what we kind of thought of you, they couldn't stop the running attack or they couldn't run it reasonably well. So – Yeah, Scott, kind of, Scott Matlock had a really good game up yeah, front yeah. for the Broncos. You know, eight eight tackles, two sacks, two, two TFLs. Um, but you're not going to win many games against a triple option offense if you can only manage one more tackle for loss. Yeah. And it's and especially Alec it's Locke, especially interesting yeah. against this year's Air Force team because, you know, we – like, I don't know if we've talked enough about Brad Roberts and what he's actually doing so far. Being a Cause stud? Because I, I had to, cause, well, no, and, and the reason I say, you know, because he had 28 carries in this game. And yeah. that that's, okay, so for those of you not keeping track, it's the sixth time in seven games that he's had at least 25 carries. He's averaging 25 carries Ooh. per game. And I had to, I went back to like 1996, and I couldn't find a single other running back who had taken on so much of the of the running burden on a per game basis as Roberts has. You mean Air Force or in, in Air F- Force? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant FBS. I'm like, like you know, uh, they've they've, they've okay, had like gotcha. you know they've had a number of guys who have you know cracked you know 20, 21 carries per game. Like I think the most recent guy was Arian Worthman back in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know Jacoby Owens did it back in twenty fourteen. You know, a handful of other guys, you know, Bo Morgan, I think back in 96 was a guy who did it back in the old whack days. Yeah. Yeah. But he is taking on a lot and flourishing. Like, I like we, we've basically never seen a fullback do for the Falcons what Roberts is doing for them this year. Is he really a fullback? Yeah. I mean, he's running that okay. fullback dive over and over and over again. And, and you know what? Okay. That is also a credit to the Falcons offensive line, which you know, came into the year as oh, maybe, yeah. maybe the biggest question mark anywhere in the conference, just because they were losing everybody. And Nolan we didn't, we, and, and we didn't, guys. and, and while, you know, they, they haven't, and, and we talked a little bit in the preview, like had, they haven't been like elite in the same way that like last year's unit was elite. It's well above average, but that, that group is doing exactly what they signed up to do in this game. And, and, that's and why basically remember- all season long. Yeah. So I remember preseason, I'm like, I was concerned. I think there's also some, some, well, there was concern, but I, I think I remember I said, like, these guys run the same thing. They play the university team when they come to prep, whatever school. It's the same system. It's not, it seems difficult, but it's the same thing over and over and over. And so I felt I would not necessarily be plug and play, but I figured they'll be fine. Yeah. Maybe not this fine where they're leading the country in yards. In yeah. They probably not, like, they, they weren't going to be the, the number one line. In the conference, yeah. in the in the country again, but I think they're probably like what a top twenty line at worst if you really yeah. work down the numbers. They're leading the the country in yards per game, averaging five point one yards per carry, which is whatever top twenty five somewhere in that range. Not mm-hmm. not doing a coastal or what Ohio State's doing or whatever, but 
it's well above average and one of the best in conference, if not the best. Yeah, I mean, it's been one of the maybe the more unheralded reasons why the Falcons are in such good shape as far as the conference race. Like, obviously, they're still catching Colorado State like everybody else is in the Mountain Division. Yeah. But I think of the teams with one loss, they're probably the best bet to catch the Rams and surpass them. Mm-hmm. Did you know this is the third loss in a row for Boise State since they entered the FBS level at home? I did. Okay, so I'm pulling pull up the facts there. So, um, we, we failed to mention the – well, we mentioned onside kick, but the interception with 40 seconds left, that amazing pick Air Force had um, with, what, just a minute left. So it's, what do we say about Boise State? Because can they can the, can the conference um, write um, reimbursement for the extra TV money they're supposed to be getting? Can they can like can they put in a request a Venmo request to pay your half or something? That's rough. Not wrong, am I? <laughs> I mean, I I think it's like I, it, injuries have really obscured the ceiling for this year's team. You know, because we mentioned they were without their top two running backs. Um, you know, they were also without Markel Reed, who's also out for the year. He was like what their number one corner. Like um, that, yeah. which which Starter. maybe didn't make a huge difference in this game, but you know the one, <laughs> this one yeah. the one pass play that they had that Air Force had in this game was a 59 yard catch from Brandon Lewis, um, and and you know they're just they're just missing so many guys on both sides of the ball that it's sort of it was one of those it's starting to seem like one of the situations where it's just catching up to them and 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 it was sort of and like they, but we started to see it at the end of last year and I think a lot of people oh, yeah. ignored that. You know, where they it does were all really, COVID stuff, but possibly were, I mean contract reason or whatever. Yeah. And so like when you remove the COVID stuff, but the injury luck has really hung around. And Halani, yeah. And again, when they're not when they're not winning the turnover battle in particular, this is the third straight game that they've lost the turnover battle and then ultimately lost the game as a result. But you know, it's also crazy. They still could have won this game too with all those issues. Yeah. Like they could have been overtime that last drive or something to yeah, they have all those issues. And they still nearly won the game, which shows their depth is also really good. But it also shows when they're back, more backups when they're there, more like they're not going to be the best team. They're going to be competitive, but not the best team. Yeah. So 24 17, they're three and four, one and two in conference play. Um, do we need to make like some sort of um, like a uh, graphic or chart of some sort and just kind of XL teams aren't going to win the division? And we can kind of black them out or something. No, I mean, I think if you if you look at if you look at the standings and a team has either zero or one loss, they're still in it. If they have two losses, what? then they're out. That's mean Boise has two losses, so they're yeah. out, right? So they're out. Okay. Let me dark them on the sheet. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right. What do we got next year? Uh that, that would be Nevada 34, Hawaii 17. No luck for the Warriors to win three straights. My buddy, I talked to Bobby Kern a bunch in Hawaii, ESPN 1420, whatever is like. We got that's the one edge we got. I'm like, I don't know, Bobby. It's like, maybe, maybe not, but not this time. They, they couldn't pull off what they did last year, which was uh, amazing. What's Carson Strong can only throw what eight yards attempt and Romeo Dubs gets nothing. Still made a one more, uh, though. They did, they, they still did, but it was, it, it, was uh, it was 20 to 17 at halftime. Yeah. I mean, I figured Nevada would make the other adjustments to get back into it, but Hawaii, uh, Nevada, are we, is Nevada flying under the radar a bit for everybody? Because that Kansas State loss and they had to buy after that or something. I mean, maybe they're flying under your radar. I've got them as my number one team on my power rankings. No, so um, oh, over San Diego State. Yeah. Did I put them? Um, hold on. I, well, see, this is a great podcast, and I forget who I put in my poll. I put San Diego State number one, so maybe I okay. shouldn't have. I'm I'm not happy. Moyo be number five spot. That might be a correction next week, but uh, I maybe I, I don't know. I can see both, but. See, Malam, man, uh, maybe I'm wrong because San Diego State has no quarterback. But back to the game itself, Carson Strong had another what he wants to be at quarterback, nearly 400 yards, a couple of TDs, no picks. And like Braden Schrager for white went almost toe to toe, unless, except you count the four interceptions he had. Yeah. And, and, you know, and honestly, like the, I think you know, the turnovers were a massive story in the game because it has I'm, to be. Yeah. Because I think, you know, 17 Nevada points came off of those. Four interceptions. That's the game. Yeah, they scored basically everything or half, yeah. half and, the points. Yeah, and the other problem was that you know, other than a couple of really big plays on the ground from Day Day Hunter, you know, he had two touchdowns, two long touchdowns in this game. Like that was pretty much it Huge. as far as as far as their ability to create chunk plays in this game. You know, like they had a few through the air, like you know, Calvin Turner 
ended up with eight receptions for 83 yards. But I think that sort of speaks but to those aren't downfield passes. Those aren't downfield. But that sort of speaks to, you know, why is Nevada flying under the radar? Well, I think it's because when you go when you go back and look at that Kansas State game, the defense got beat up pretty handily, especially up front. Mm-hmm. And what you've seen over the last few weeks, you know, against New Mexico State, against Boise State, against this team, this this Hawaii defense, or this Hawaii offense, rather, is that the defense seems to have figured it out and stabilized, you know, because, you know, not only did they pick off Schrager, uh, Schrager four times, they had, what, five sacks, too? Tristan Nichols had another two sacks in this oh, yeah. game. The defensive line showed out. Don Peterson had another sack. You know, Cameron Toomer had another sack. They had, you know, four pass breakups as a team. So, like, it was maybe their, you know, other than the, the couple of, you know, blemishes on the ground with, with Hunter, maybe their best overall defensive performance of the year. And I think that that was always sort of like the, the pivot point for how far this team was going to go is, you know, we saw the defense take a step forward last year from where they had been in 2019, but you know, there was still that, that, you know, how much of that was real. And I think what we're seeing over the last month since that Kansas state loss is that it is more real than not. You think so? I think so. That's, that's why I've got Nevada as my number one team. Okay, I could I could totally see both. Like I went undefeated, but man, I shouldn't have done it. I I felt because they gutted out a victory. Maybe if Aztecs have another performance like that where it's a bad win, or you know, I mean, ugly win, maybe I'll move them around. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know the official injury of Dady of Dady Hunter? I hadn't seen anything no. because he left the game. I'm like I remember like I meant like earlier, um, but like Steven side doesn't have anything from yesterday, but he left the game. Um, on the interception, I think it was. Like, well, maybe I'm not sure. I don't remember when he left the game, but he left the game. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but it's late because he, if he's out for some significant time, that's a huge blow because he finally had a huge game. It's like, I know you say Nevada's defense, it did play clearly better, but he busted off like for, it was all in one play essentially. So whatever take from that, but they still moved the ball. I don't know. It's, a, it's just a big loss for him because Here's the thing too. How many times why they say they don't big plays? They all, when they run, they're not getting. They may have a. They're just not getting the yardage. They need a guy who finally has some confidence and gets a huge run. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. That's just uh they stopped them pretty much. The eight one yarder is pretty is very good for why. But besides that, like you said, not a ton. I don't know. Schrager, uh, Schrager, he's uh, four picks. I don't know. This uh Hawaii team's looking iffy for. They're not going. I've not had my bull prediction for like three weeks, <laughs> and so I don't know what to make of them. So. I mean, look at the West Division. You clearly have Nevada number one. Mm-hmm. Is San Diego State even close in your power pool of everything, or what? How's the your pool work out? Uh, so my Did top you... my top four right now is is Nevada, Fresno, Air Force, San Diego State. You have Nevada five. Wait, say it again. Hold on. I... Nevada one. Oh, I Fresno I State I two. <laughs> Some reason I missed Nevada. Air Force <laughs> three, San Diego State four. Okay. Four. That's undefeated team. You have them fourth, Matt. Disrespect. Did, did you watch that game on Friday? I tried to. <laughs> that, that that's that's my point. <laughs> that's the answer. How man? Even at six and zero. Oh, okay. Where were they? Oh, we'll finish up here. Where were they last week? Do you recall or do you not have that handy? Uh, if you can give me a moment, to, if you can vamp for a moment, I can look that up. There was really, that. You know what? There really wasn't a lot of movement at the top in my power rankings from last week to this week. Me neither. I, I have Wyoming at five for some reason. I feel bad about that now. I need to adjust that, but I already submitted my thing. So, no, I actually <laughs> I actually moved Colorado State all the way up to five. Yeah, I think I should have put. Yeah, I still kept the Rams at eight. I don't know why. My poll. I need to readjustment for next week. I think because I have Aztecs, Nevada, Air Force, Fresno, which I'm fine. In my top four, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But like Wyoming, close whatever, closest loss, but they haven't scored points. Boise State's. Oh, uh, maybe I should you. Utah State five. I don't know, but then because it's hard, like comparing losses, like Utah State lost to Boise, Air, Air Force beat this team. You know what I mean? It's like or yeah. Utah State beat Air Force. It's like what do you do? It's like I just don't feel. Com- I don't like Wyoming number five. That's what I'm getting at. So, mm-hmm. but I, it's gonna be like every week is gonna be like next week. We have San Diego State Air Force, mm-hmm. Utah State hosting Colorado State. What's the third game you mentioned? That's pretty big. Nevada and Fresno the- State. Oh, that one too! Holy, <sighs> my goodness! All right, that's what we have. We mm-hmm. CSU Utah State. That's that's a, not, that's no. that's a fun undercard. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like an interesting game. And also, what's also nice, just to, oh, I guess got Hawaii hosting the uh, affiliate Aggies next week of New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. I what I don't like is that both these games are on the same time, five o'clock Mountain, four Pacific. That's a bummer. We'll get to those later. We'll get to those next week, next preview. So MWR.com. Um, this is going to be like, there are some weird stuff going on in the league, but next week, just pay attention. We'll be ready for you. You want to watch it because we got a Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. So, so you can eat, make it much easier to watch entire games, not have five on one day. And we got the late night Hawaii game too. So if you could watch that on um, whatever app they have again, we'll get to that later. But uh, anything else to add? Are we good to wrap it up here? I think we're good to go. All right, we'll see you next time, folks. Again, MWR.com.